TSN 1200 presents I Run, the running show, hosted by CFRA talk show host, Ottawa citizen columnist and marathon runner, Mark Sutcliffe. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us once again this week. Iron's runner-in-chief, Ray Zahab, is off this week because he's off on one of these crazy expeditions. As you know, he was telling us all about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, riding his bike across Baffin Island, and then he's going to South America. And so he's busy with all of that. He's going to tell us all about it when he gets back. But Iron's editor and general manager, Ben Kaplan, is with us this week. Hello, Ben. How are you? Yeah, I can't complain. I saw some video. Ray posted some video of him out there on his bike. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's really gorgeous stuff on his Facebook page. I hope everyone can check that out. Yeah, and we've had some wintry weather here in Ontario this week, so uh, I guess we're not quite Baffin Island, but uh, <laughs> we have some sense of what uh, Ray has been going through. I haven't been on my bike. Let's put it that way. Well, I was on my bike yesterday, and I'll tell you one thing. I'm glad I'm a runner. I, 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 running, I don't really mind it, but on your bike, it is a, it's, a, it's a miserable experience. Yeah, so you literally ride your bike outside in the winter? I do. You know, it's more of a, I, this sounds strange. I do, and I ride my bike, and it's got my baby seat on the, uh, on the back, so by no means is this one of these bikes that's equipped for that. It's this, like, little little thing that I, I, I should not be out there on that, and I shouldn't have been out there on it yesterday. But the point is, when you have to go from here to here to here to here, and the, the, the subway was down, and I just said, you know what, my bike is just the best way to do this. And uh, it was uncomfortable, but I wasn't late. Yeah. Well, good for you. I've, I, I do not <laughs> do not ride my bike in the winter, and uh, and you're not. I mean, you're not even from this climate, and you're you're willing to embrace it and do that. So, hats off to you for that. Because I grew well, up here, and I had my wife had my wife seen, she would have been uh, displeased. Okay, <laughs> we won't tell her. We won't tell her. How's the running been going lately? Yeah, it's about to really begin. I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that, like, my season, so my season starts Sunday, and I'm feeling really good. So I start Sunday, and then pretty much, you know, every month I've got another race, and I do a half, and then I do a 30, and then I do the marathon, and I am, uh, you know, I'm feeling good, and that is, that's more than half of the battle, because I feel like I've been in about the same shape for a bunch of years now, so it's a matter of just having everything line up. But yeah, uh, yeah I'm feeling good and enjoying it, and no injuries and no problems. So you're going to do Around the Bay this year, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Have you done it before? I have. Around the Bay was actually my first uh, race that I did, and that's because when I was when I when I started getting into running, it's just when the timing uh, the timing worked best. So I, I think there's a lesson in that too. Is sometimes, you know, uh, you don't need to. You know, ignorance is bliss, and you don't need to overthink this stuff. And, and, and back then, I wasn't worrying about time. I wasn't worrying about anything, and it was like, you know, can I run this whole way? And uh, and I remember I had a little stitch and I drank a I, I, someone handed me a Gatorade and I drank the Gatorade and it kind of relieved the stitch and I just found that so extraordinary you know wow it was, uh, so lots yeah. of good memories yeah. from that event for you then lots of good memories yeah, yeah lots of good and since thirty k is this sort of a strange distance like I don't have 
all of these, all of this data on what I need to do in a certain time goal and whatever. I just need to sort of get out there and feel good and, and run fast and enjoy it. Uh, you know, whereas the marathon for me is so loaded with expectations and I got to do this, that, and the other, and this needs to be my, my split times for everything. So, uh, yeah, around the day is a good, is a real good thing for me. And that event has such a great history. And then on top yeah, of that, right. as you mentioned, there, you know, it's funny because we, we often get stuck in these distances, right? The, the 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon. And here's a race that is 30K. There are other races that are 15K. Very few of them, though. But, you know, sometimes I like to seek those out just to mix things up. And like you say, you, you don't have the same expectations. Yes. You don't have all these times built into your head, like what's a good time and what's a bad time for you. And so it's a completely different experience. And 30K is a nice distance because if you're in shape to run that distance, it's not, you know, it's challenging, but it's not a marathon and you're not destroyed for a week after the race, right? Yeah, it's funny how all this uh, stuff is so mental. It's like, why should, why is 30K so fun in the marathon? Such a a, a battle. I mean, all of this stuff has what we bring to it. I was talking to somebody the other day about, like, you know, how to start. And, and, and a, the big way to start is just don't make it so precious. Just have fun with it. Don't worry about it. Like, oh, I didn't run this winter, and now the race has come on. I'd like to sign up, but I'm not quite in shape. But it's like, look, sign up Don't and, and just go out there and do the best you can. It doesn't, you know, what? Yeah. You're not, you're not going to win the... Olympic medal, regardless, you know, so just get out there and then just start. Just take take it down a notch from the seriousness. Yeah. Hey, I should mention a friend of mine got the latest issue of I Run and said he thought it was the best issue ever. He loved the oh. content in it, uh, and wow. I know this is an issue that you're proud of. It's got lots of great stuff in it, and uh, this this issue that just came out a few weeks ago. So uh, you must be hearing some pretty good feedback. Well, I, geez, I, I certainly appreciate that. I mean, the uh, uh, that makes me really happy. If you could see me over here, I'm blushing. Yeah, we try, uh, you know, we certainly endeavor to make this the, you know, the best magazine. Uh, I, I, I see this on par. I mean, what we're trying to do is... Uh, you know, well, this is this is Esquire. This is Vogue. This is like you know, this is a yeah, yeah for runners. Just, uh, yeah, Vogue yeah, for Vogue for and Esquire for runners. <laughs> yeah, and you, of course, <laughs> people. Is, that's catchy. <laughs> people may not know, but you worked in the magazine business in in New York City before you moved to Canada and before you came to Iron, right? Well, yeah, I've got years at GQ under my belt. I've got years at New York Magazine under my belt. I mean, you know, I was 14 years old falling in love with magazines and reading Rolling Stone and putting the covers up on my wall. So, you know, doing my own magazine and doing the way we had Reed write about Eric and then have Eric footnote the piece is something I saw Esquire did a piece on Jon Stewart and then Jon Stewart footnoted the piece that the writer had written. So, you know, I've got a database of like 20 years of magazine stuff that I, uh, you know, want to contribute and put forth. So Very that, cool. you tell your friend thank you, and we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And that piece, I love that piece, uh, featuring Canada's, two of Canada's Olympic marathon runners, Reed Coolset and Eric Gillis, and people, people can check that out in the magazine, or they can check it out online at our website at irun.ca. All right, Ben, we'll stop there, but you have yourself a great week. Thank you so much for calling.
So I'll just mention what's coming up on the show today. Uh, we're going to be talking, actually, to another Olympic marathon runner for Canada. Dylan Wikes is going to join us later on the show. Also ahead, we're going to talk to a guy who went to a marathon, the Winterman Marathon here in Ottawa, but because of the weather conditions, the event was canceled, but he went ahead and ran it anyway. So we'll hear his story coming up. And coming up next, we're going to talk to Alex Hutchinson, who writes the Sweat Science blog for Runner's World. So uh, he's going to join us right after we take a quick break. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's Iron, The Running Show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to Iron, The Running Show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. Well, as I mentioned, my next guest is the author of the Sweat Science blog at Runner's World. He has also written a couple of books about running. And it's always great to have his take on the latest research that is out there. For runners, Alex Hutchinson, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's great to be back, Mark. So let's talk about your own running these days. I know you're busy. You were just telling me before we uh, went on the air that uh, you've, you've got another child on the way, so uh, you've got a two-year-old at home. So is there time for running in your life these days? Uh, there is time for running. It's, it's uh, you know, as, as you and, and everyone else in this situation knows, it's uh, it, it's harder and harder to make time, but yeah, for me, it's it's the first thing in the morning kind of thing. I do it before I before I uh, before the craziness of the day and before my two year old wakes up. Um, I, if I get in my run, then then the rest of the day seems better. So, how early so, is yeah, that? And, and, yeah, <laughs> um, so, sorry, I didn't catch that. How early is that? How early do you have to get up to um, to beat your two year old? Yeah, it, it depends on what my wife's work schedule, work schedule is. Uh, it's uh, it's anywhere between six and seven is when I start. So I, yeah, I know there are people who get up a lot earlier, uh, earlier than that. So I, I won't complain too much. And especially with the winter we've had, I, you know, there's not a lot to complain about. It's it's actually been, uh, you know, not as not as tough as I would have expected. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's going okay. And I, I there's been a 5K that I've run the last few years in uh, at the end of April. So I'm looking forward to to that one. Um, it's kind of become my, my favorite race of the year, and uh, I think it's, it's supposed to be, I don't know, about a month after our, our next uh, child is born. So <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be experimenting with uh, extreme fatigue uh, and sleep deprivation and seeing how that affects my 5K time. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be a good test. Yeah. And you've, you've been writing a lot about how uh, running and whether or not running and exercise can help you with stress. So I wondered if that was a function of, uh, of expecting a child and, and having a two-year-old at home or, or if, there, if this just arose out of uh, some of the research that you were doing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I came across a pretty interesting study recently that, that was testing something called the cross stressor adaptation hypothesis, and this is the basically what that what that hypothesis says is that if you get used to dealing with one kind of stress, it helps your body deal with other kinds of stress. Um, so, whatever you know, if adapting to to the stress of running should help you adapt to other kinds of stress because the the basic system in your body, the the sort of fight or flight response. That, that deals with acute stress, um, it, it, it's all the same underlying system. So what's good about running is that it puts you in a state of stress uh, for, uh, you know, a brief period of time, and then that stress stops. And that's the way your body likes to work. It's, it's, it's great to, to stress it, to, to, to put it in a state of high alert for a brief period of time, and then you stop running and that stress goes away. So you get good at turning on the stress response and turning it back off. 
Um, and that's different than, than the stresses of, of everyday life, like, say, having a two-year-old uh, or, you know, trying to make a living as a freelance journalist. Um, those stresses don't just turn on and off. They tend to be sort of at a low grade on all the time. It's very hard to turn them off. And that's what, that's the kind of uh, chronic stress that can be really, can interfere with your health in a lot of different ways, uh, in both your physical and your mental health. So, um so the idea is that if you, if you, in theory, and a lot of people would attest to this anecdotally, that you know exercise helps them handle stress, and it's just, it, it's not just in your head. It's that you're 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 helping your body regulate this idea of when there's a stress, get ready and deal with the stress, fight or flight, and when it when the stress is gone, just kind of relax and don't stay constantly stressed. And so there was this cool study, um, I guess it was it was just published uh, I think last month, where uh, it, it, it was. Researchers in Germany, they took um, a whole bunch of electrical engineering students, and they had half of them just run twice a week for the entire term. I think it was 20 weeks they had them run twice a week, and the other half didn't have to do any exercise. They just continued with their normal life. And then they measured their stress response during exam period, which is, uh, you know, as anyone who's gone through exams knows that that's about the most stressful time of year for students. And they, they had them wear heart rate monitors for 36 hours straight during the exam period so they could see how, not just how they were responding to the exam, but how their stress response was, you know, during this whole period, during the exam, while they're asleep before the exam, after the exam. And you can can do some analysis of heart rate where, by looking at the subtle variations in how much time there is between each successive beat, what's called heart rate variability, you can assess how well you're handling stress. And so this is a very long rumble, rambling preamble to say that the people who just ran twice a week uh, handled the stress of academic exams better than the non-runners, uh, than, than the people who hadn't been exercising. And so uh, that, that was kind of good news to me. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of what I've been feeling about running for the last 20 years. But it, it's sort of confirmation that this idea that learning to deal with the stress of running is good to help us with the stresses of everyday life. And so even though the stress of running is a short-term thing that you're doing to your body, the the benefits accrue to even the kind of ongoing stress that you feel day-to-day. Yeah, and in fact, that's part of the the advantage of running seems to be that it's, it helps, it's helping you learn to turn on and off that stress response instead of just kind of leaving the tap running uh, constantly. So it's this this very short on and off stress can can help prime your system to deal with the the the, the ongoing chronic stresses. You also wrote recently about uh, strength training, which is something that I understand the logic of, but I can never seem to bring myself to do. And uh, I know a lot of people find running tedious, and they don't understand why I would make this distinction. But I find. The idea of uh, doing a workout in my home using light weights or using my body weight and all of that, I just can't bring myself to do it. But is, is there a benefit to that? Can it make you a better runner? I know it can, will make you healthier more generally because you're using other parts of the body that you're probably not using when you're running. But can it make you a better runner? Yeah, you, you, uh, we're both we're in the same boat here. I I, <laughs> I write about strength training all the time, and and in a sense, the, every article I write is a tiny cry for help or a tiny tiny attempt to convince myself. Come on, Alex, you can run every day. Can't you just lift weights twice a week or something? Yeah, you know, spend ten minutes. Um, and it's just you know the truth is I just don't find it that interesting or, or compelling or exciting, and I just I enjoy being outdoors running uh, better. Uh, as, a, as an aside. Um, the, the most success I've had has been in the last 
six or eight months, uh, the, the, I live in Toronto, and the, the city of Toronto put up an outdoor circuit training area along the lakeshore, just about a 15-minute run from my place. So I can convince myself now, sometimes I just run down the Humber River to the lakeshore, stop and do some dips and some pull-ups and some box jumps and stuff in this beautiful outdoor setting on, the, on Lake Ontario and then continue with my run. But um, but anyway, to get back to your actual question, um, yes, yes. The, the, the study I wrote about was a, a, a meta-analysis that, that helps to confirm that strength training can make you a better runner, aside from all the, the health benefits. And the, the, the way it seems to do that, and this is an idea that's been around for a while, is that it makes you more efficient. In the same way that, you know, the gas mileage of a car tells you how much gas it consumes to, run a, to, to, to travel a mile, uh, running economy tells you how much energy it takes for you to run a, uh, a mile or a kilometer or whatever that the distance may be. And um, strength training seems to increase your efficiency, improve your efficiency by a few percent. Uh, and it's it's not 100% clear how this happens, but one one of the theories is that when you strength train, you're recruiting. You have to to lift. Uh, you know, heavy weight. You have to recruit all the muscle fibers or as many as you can. It, in sync, you have to really coordinate the muscle fibers, and so it optimizes the connections, the neuromuscular connections between your brain and your muscles. And and that and there seems to be some sort of spillover effect that then when you run, you're able to contract your muscles a little bit more efficient, uh, efficiently. You're able to send a signal from your brain to your muscles uh, that, that that helps you run uh, efficiently with, while using a little bit less energy. And that's that's been an idea that's been around for for a long time. But there's been studies over the last decade. And this meta-analysis brought together the most, the highest quality studies and crunched the numbers um, from, from all those studies together and concluded that, yes, there really does seem to be a real effect here. Now, you know, I should, I should add that the truth is, um, you know, getting, getting 2 or 3% more efficient is, is nice. It's, um, for me, it's still like when I think of when, when, I, when I beat myself up for not doing more strength training, um, it probably, I, I think, a stronger argument for strength training is the overall health benefits. Yeah. Particularly as 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 we get older, um, all, all of us are subject to age-related muscle loss, and for for people like me who've been running a long time, I don't have a lot of muscle to spare. I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit. Uh, and so, you know, if I if I if I am like the typical person, lose you know 10% of my muscle mass every decade. Um, that's going to leave me pretty frail by the time I get into my into my sixties, say. So, I think there's strong arguments to strength training. If if the knowledge that it will make you a little bit faster or make you a little bit more efficient helps to convince you to to do some strength training, then you know em, em, embrace this new knowledge. But uh, but it's not it's not like this. I think it's not the, the the trump card that will that will magically convince everyone that they need to be strength training. Yeah, if anything, I'm a little surprised at how small that percentage is. You would you would think that that doing something like that would would improve your running by a bigger margin than that. But I I agree with you that it's really more just about the overall health benefits from that. That it's it's about making yourself stronger and and running isn't going to do that on its own. Yeah, well, I should I should add the one one thing about this meta analysis is that in order to try and look for the real effect. They restricted it to studies that dealt with uh, very competitive distance runners, so well-trained, uh, you know, close to elite runners. And so these are people for whom uh, 
improvements are few and far between. So, you know, if you take, a lot of studies are done with, you know, random volunteers, undergraduate volunteers who are sedentary. And the problem with those those studies is that if you take a bunch of people who haven't been doing any exercise, just about anything you do is going to produce massive improvements. You, you know, you, you can just, you know, say, lift up this brick 10 times, and it's like, wow, they got 50% faster. You know, right. the, the brick is magic. And it's nothing to do with the brick. It's just that, that any exercise we do is going to help. So when, when you're dealing with people who've been training seriously at a high level for a long time, then looking for a couple percent is actually a, a pretty major uh, improvement. You know, and, and, and one of the ways people think about this is, look at the results of any given, you know, Olympic final and imagine someone getting 2% faster. Well, that's often the difference between, you know, at the back, you know, making the final and not making the final sure. or the back of the final and, and the podium. So, so I don't want to undersell 2%, but, but it's, uh, it, it is still small, but it's bigger than, you, you would get a bigger improvement if you just took uh, a bunch of random people who, or, 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 or beginning runners who, who have so much, uh, you know, headroom to improve no matter what different kind of training they're doing. So, so um, yeah, it, it, this is something that can give you a few percent over and above after you've already kind of plateaued a little bit. Well, it's always fascinating to hear what you have to say about the latest research that's, that's out there for runners. Uh, you break it down so well. Alex, great to talk to you again. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mark. It's always, uh, it's always fun to chat. That is Alex Hutchinson, who writes the Sweat Science blog for Runner's World. Coming up next, we're going to talk to a guy who came to Ottawa for a marathon. The event got canceled, but he went ahead and ran a marathon anyway. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's Iron, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now, back to Iron, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. Well, my next guest came to Ottawa for the Winterman Marathon in February. And then because of the cold weather, the event got canceled. But he went ahead and ran with a friend marathon distance that day anyway. Anthony Bacon, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks, Mark. So what made you decide to do the Winterman Marathon in the first place? Okay, so the reason I, uh, I decided to do it is my friend and I, we... Um, we sort of had this great idea just to, to meet up, run a marathon, um, and we were looking at the dates, and that one fit with our schedules. So we were like, okay, well, let's meet up in Ottawa. He's from Toronto. So uh, we decided to meet up and do the Winterman, and um, just because it was the only one really available. And so that's kind of what made us decide on that one. Um, and we... We were okay with the fact that we were running it in the winter. We didn't really care. Even if it, you know, had gotten really, really cold. You know, if you look uh, online, there's there's tons of other runs that are that are in the Arctic um, regions, right? There's one in, even in Antarctica. They're expensive to go to. But, they're, you know, people do cold runs all the time. Sure. So, and yeah, was, so was we that... wanted to uh, challenge ourselves and yeah. do that. Yeah, and was that part of the appeal for you that you were you were going to be challenging not just uh, challenging yourself not just by doing a marathon but doing a marathon maybe in some tough winter conditions? Exactly. Yeah, that was um, that was one of our bonus uh, features on this run. We wanted to to run in the cold just for the challenge, the extra challenge. So yeah. And so the week yeah. before the event, were you watching the weather forecast closely, knowing that uh, were you starting to see what the what the weather was going to look like on the weekend? 
Yeah, we sure were. And, um, you know, we we were prepared for it. We were kind of both um, saying to each other, oh, it's unfortunate that it, you know, couldn't have been the week before because it was actually quite nice. Um, so, yeah, as, as the week uh, progressed, we, we realized, well, this Sunday is going to be a cold one, a very cold one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. so, so what happened that day? You you were ready to run, obviously, you and your friend, and and uh, and when did you find out that the the marathon and the half marathon portions of the event were not going ahead? Yeah. So actually, um, it was the evening before, and an email was sent out uh, by the event coordinators um, saying that uh, that they just wanted they wanted to cancel it because uh, it was um, it was considered unsafe to run um and it was i think mostly because of uh, the volunteers you know because they actually have to be outside for a long period of time Um, and they're standing still right yeah yeah and um because it was so cold it was uh minus 29 but there was also uh wind chill factor so it brought up the temperature or uh, brought down the temperature i should say so um it being so cold out they uh they canceled it. So that was the night before. Um, and um, didn't know what to do at that point. So we actually uh, talked. and um, But the biggest letdown was just that all that uh, training that we had done, um, you know, and then we couldn't actually do the marathon in, in a race format uh, with a bunch of other like-minded, crazy Canadians. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> yeah, so we were kind of let down about that. So what we... Um, did is we said, you know what, you and me, we're going to run this marathon. Um, we'll just, we'll put it on, like, we have GPS watches, so we just track their run. And uh, the next morning, we we embarked and just did it on our own. And it was actually a great run. We, we um, started kind of near the airport, which is where I live, and then went all the way down to Parliament, uh, Parliament Hill, ran around there a little bit through the market, and then circled back. Uh, to my place near the airport. Now, just that loop, um, you know, was only like about 30k. So then we, near my house, we actually finished off the uh, the remainder. But a uh, beautiful run, and we were right along the canal, and there were some people skating on the on the canal that day. So, you know, um, it was it was nice, and we actually were running on the canal briefly uh, with those skaters because they have a little snowy patch where you, where runners can go. Yeah. And we actually saw some, some runners that, that day running. So it wasn't too too cold for us. And um, at the end of it, we were really, really happy that we that we did it anyway. Um, although the the conditions were brutal, you know, uh, we were really we were really proud, even though our timing wasn't the greatest. I, I got a, a four twenty eight with my friend. And I th- I think my friend could have gone a little faster, but uh, he stayed with me. You know, so that was nice. Yeah, that was nice of him. And yeah. I mean, you're going to do that when it's uh, when it's that kind of run, as opposed to a race where maybe he would have gone ahead, right? <laughs> yeah, he 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 would have probably gone ahead, but yeah, it was nice just to to stay together and and talk. Actually, we talked a lot, so it was good. Now, have you done yeah, have you so. done other marathons? No, that was actually my first uh, marathon ever, and that okay. was another thing. Um, I've done some smaller runs, um, but. Uh, no, I I didn't really do that much running before. Probably about um, two years ago, I started running, and I, I did 5Ks, 10Ks, that sort of thing. And then, um, yeah, then 
challenge myself with this with this marathon and did a did a training program out of the um, the running room book actually uh, one of their uh, their their programs so well good for yeah, you congratulations it was, it was, it was, it was, i mean for you to do your first marathon under those conditions not just the weather but but running a marathon just on your own as opposed to in an event where there are other people and there's support and aid stations and all of that that's quite an accomplishment well done yeah we were we were happy with it we um we had to stop you know for for water actually that was a thing i packed water but um it would have been nice to have those aid stations that's yeah. for sure yeah, we we stopped at Starbucks and and drank some water <laughs> at, at one point. <laughs> so um because we'd ran out. So yeah. It was good. We were um we were happy we did it anyway and we were only proving it to ourselves and also you know all that training paid off in the end and we we uh we had we had a really really great time doing it. So so it'll be interesting if you decide to do another marathon and you do an organized marathon. It'll be interesting to see how that experience compares for you to your first marathon where you you did it entirely on your own. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's the thing. I'm I'm looking forward to running more marathons. Um, I'm probably going to go to Toronto for, I don't know, there's, there's a couple that, that run in, in Toronto, um, but... Yeah, I was thinking of going down there and doing one with my friend and uh, comparing the two, you know. And it'll probably be the complete opposite and be a scorching 30 degrees <laughs> or something that day, you know. Right, so, yeah. who knows, yeah. And did you ever, yeah, I mean, this being the first time that you run that distance, uh, did, did you, was it a struggle at times? Did you, did you, were you ever wondering whether you'd be able to, to get to 42.2K on your GPS? Yeah, so um, I had done done the long runs on on the Sundays, um, and I had done the maximum I had done was about thirty three k. So those those were my long runs, but I was doing that pretty consistently for the last well for for the weeks prior to the last two weeks, I was doing long runs. <clears throat> um, so that that helped me, and I I really t- could feel what it was like to. To have the the feeling of going that distance, but yeah. yes, when I went past that, you know, I I did start to feel it, and you know, after um, the marathon was done, I I was very tired, but um, but my my wife had cooked this great meal, and we relaxed <laughs> and and hung out and and refueled the next day. Um, yeah, I was pretty sore. <laughs> That's for sure. And, yeah. and during, you know, like that, the last 5K, I uh, was uh, run walking for sure um, because uh, I was I was feeling it. So, so yeah. you, you didn't get to but cross I, I a finish really line, but but you did you did get to a finish line of sorts. So so what what was it like for you and your friend when you actually got to 42.2k and and you knew it was done? How what was that moment like? Yeah, it was it was really good. So. Um, the moment, yeah, when we, when we reached that, like he was, he was monitoring on it, monitoring it on his, uh, on his watch. And we, we basically did this, this loop around my house. And so we timed it out so that the last loop were pretty close to, to my house. And so my wife as well, um, she was tracking us as well. Um, and so when we finally did come 
to the to the house, she let the dog out and she came out and like it was a uh, just a fun little gathering of of um, excited people. You know, it's finally done. Yeah. So it was good. Yeah, it was it was small, but you know, it was it was satisfying. So, that sounds great. Yeah. Well, congratulations to you. Uh, I mean, that's a real accomplishment, especially for your first marathon, to do it under those conditions and to to do it running on your own. And so, uh, well done. Congratulations, and thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been been great to talk to you. That's Anthony Bacon, who came to Ottawa to run the Winterman Marathon and ended up running a marathon on his own with a friend of his. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, elite runner Dylan Wikes is going to join us. We'll be right back. CSN 1200's Iron, the running show with Mark Sutcliffe. We'll be right back in a moment. Now back to Iron, the running show on TSN 1200. Welcome back. My next guest competed for Canada at the 2012 Olympics in London, and now he's trying to get back to the Olympic marathon. Dylan Wikes, great to talk to you again. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So how has 2016 gone for you so far? 2016, uh, it's been pretty good. It was kind of uh, rebuilding uh, from a failed marathon attempt at the end of 2015. Uh, So just kind of been been rebuilding since then, dealing with a few little setbacks, but uh, for the most part, it's been good. And so let's talk about that. You were, I, I remember reading, you were gearing up for a marathon in early December, I think, and then you weren't able to finish that marathon. What happened? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was getting ready for the Fukuoka Marathon in Japan, and then uh, I, I had a good build-up towards that, but then unfortunately about about 10 days out, things kind of uh, went sideways and started having issues with uh, post-tib tendon, which is... Uh, tendon kind of runs around your ankle and it just I just couldn't train properly and it just kind of messed with my head as well and you know when you're running the marathon you got to be like 100% both physically and mentally and uh it just wasn't there so I just I couldn't couldn't uh couldn't get the job done and so when you were actually you still went and ran part of the race did it start getting painful midway through yeah yeah so I still went and you know there's still hopes that I could get through the whole thing but it just uh it just wasn't there. So I, I was on pace for maybe 10K of the race, but then things started falling apart quickly thereafter. So I stopped shortly after halfway. Yeah. And, and I guess for an elite athlete, you, you almost have to train yourself to do that, that if things are not going well, uh, unlike an amateur athlete who would say, okay, I'm, I'm still going to go ahead and finish the marathon because I want to tick this one off my list or I, I want to still be able to say I finished the marathon – there's not really much value in for an elite athlete in completing a marathon if you're gonna if you're not gonna do it in a fast time, right? If anything, it's detrimental. Yeah, yeah, that's completely right. And the you know the margin for error at you know at the elite level is is so small that when you start running, you know, even five seconds per kilometer slower than than planned, it's like it, it sometimes it it just if it's not going to happen, um, it just makes more sense to, to stop. than, like you said, at the elite level, um, finishing, if it's not going to be in the time that you're hoping for, sometimes is, is not the, the right decision. Yeah, you got to save yourself for another day because you can only do so many of these, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the top guys in, in the marathon at the, at the elite level are running two or three a year. Some will, some will run four, but that's very rare. So it's, it's it's a long process of 
of recovering from one marathon and then building up to to another one. So you don't get many shots at it. Yeah, and you talk about that margin. So, I, you know, I think of a runner who's trying to do a four-hour marathon for the first time, and maybe they're actually capable of doing a 350 marathon or a 355 marathon, so they got a little bit of room to spare. They run at a four-hour pace, and, and they, they make it, but they've got that... They've got that room. You're trying to do something like a 210 or a 211 marathon. It's not like, oh, you know, if things went really well, you'd be doing a two-hour marathon, but you're going <laughs> to you're gonna come in at 210. You've got, you, you know, like it, it's really everything's got to fall into place, and and it's got to be almost perfect, right? Yeah, totally. It's There's a lot of things have to have to line up uh, on the day for, for yeah. everything to go right, and that's, I, you know, that's, that's why so... So infrequently, you you do see uh, people running fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it has to be a special day, right? Oh, yeah, one hundred. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, are you still working towards another marathon now, in hopes of meet, of meeting the Olympic uh, qualifying standard? Yes, yes. I'm still hoping to uh, to to take another shot at uh, at getting to the Olympics. Um, so, I, just in the last few weeks. Uh, I had a little problem with my Achilles tendon, so um, to kind of put things a little more up in the air for what that race will be. But hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully something in the spring. Originally, I was looking at the at the London Marathon, which is uh, the end of April. Um, so we'll see. Hopefully, I can still get ready for that. If not, uh, if not, maybe I'll be coming to Ottawa for the for the Ottawa Marathon. Okay. Well, we'd certainly love to have you here. And, yeah. and you've you've got till the end of May, right? Is that is that the window? That's right. the 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 day of the Ottawa Marathon is the last day that that uh, the Canadian um, Olympic Committee has has said that people can can qualify for the marathon. Wow! So <laughs> that would be dramatic if if you came here and did it, it on the last day, right? It, it yeah. would be. I, it would be. It's, I seem to. I don't know. I seem to thrive off that pressure. I think last last time around, I did. I think I had a week a week to spare for, okay. the, for qualifying for London. So I seem to leave it to the last minute. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, so this would really be the last minute. This would be like it, not it truly would. Yeah, last time it was sort of like eleven o'clock, and this time it would yeah. be like eleven fifty nine. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that that dynamic though of of having to to kind of choose your spot and and figure out, project forward and think, okay, once I get healthy and I feel like I can have a proper training cycle, then I've got to start looking at the calendar and figuring out which marathons are available and, and what kind of course it is. And is it, is it one where I can do a fast time? That's the, that's what you're grappling with right now, right? Yeah. 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 There's there's many factors to consider and, you know, you, you touched on a few of them there. So you've got to, You've got to, the timing has to be right with like the training cycle um, and and getting into good enough shape, and then you're looking at hopefully the course is is decent, and then the weather, uh, and then you know another thing that's getting increasingly hard is looking for uh, like a good group at kind of the two ten, two eleven, two twelve level. And more and more these days, it's uh, with the Africans dominating the the event. There's People running 204, 205, 206, and uh, and then race organizers often kind of just don't don't really put much effort into into having uh, a group of guys that are running that that one hmm. step down kind of running 211 to 212. So it's 
it's uh, it, that can be a factor that's as tough as, as anything else to uh, to to find because it's hard to it's hard to do the whole thing uh, on your own and 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 when you're in some of these top races now that two ten to two twelve is kind of a, a no man's land unfortunately that's interesting uh, and and why do you think it is because on the surface you would think you know if you could if you can run a two ten marathon you should be able to just go out and run that on your own, why does it make a difference? Why does it help to have other people running at that pace around you? Yeah, I think it's just a, a lot of it is the mental energy that you have to expend um, to make sure that you're maintaining that pace when, when you're on your own. So it's, you know, it, it's a pace that you train a lot in, in training to, to know that you're capable of, um, but at the same time to to be completely focused for two hours and 10 minutes on, on maintaining that pace is really tough. So when you can run in a group that you know is going that pace, you can sometimes just shut off mentally for, for periods of time. Obviously, physically, you're still going uh, at that pace, but mentally uh, being able to kind of tune out for periods of time is, I have found is, is really helpful in, in being able to stay, stay on, uh, on your game. Yeah, it's interesting because um, that's what all elite athletes are looking for and it just says something about how much uh, running a marathon and finishing in a specific time how much of that is mental right oh yeah it's uh, there's a huge um a huge mental side to it that it that can be uh, a, a big battle and you know guys can be in that sh- you know the training can show that you're in shape to do you know x y or z but uh, the mental side of things can can be a, a big barrier sometimes and do you do anything in terms of mental preparation? Do you have a coach for that area? Have you read a lot about that? What what uh, what effort have you put into that side of your preparation? Yeah, I've worked with uh, with I think they call them mental performance coaches now, as a sports as opposed to a sports psychologist. But uh, I've worked with a mental performance coach here in in Vancouver um, from time to time, just on on that sort of stuff. And a lot of it for me is is visualization uh, practices uh, th- throughout my training, throughout training runs, just kind of visualizing uh, running that two ten pace and. the the different splits that I would run uh, throughout the race to to hit that, and those are kind of my key things um, that that I work on, and and just uh, confidence and, and maintaining a po- positive mindset is huge. Yeah, and that's uh, and has that been tough for you? Because in the last couple of years, you've you've had some setbacks, right? For sure. For sure, yeah. I've had a few, uh, few too many injuries, in my opinion, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> More than so. your share, right? Yeah, so no, that definitely um, definitely does make it tough uh, mentally. You kind of start to doubt whether uh, you can get back to the level that you know the level that I've been at in the past. It, it, as you get more and more injuries, you start to doubt that, that you still have that ability. Um, so working on the mental side of things to kind of keep keep the confidence up and and start to you know, gain momentum and, and stuff from uh, the training is, is harder, and it, it becomes more necessary to work on that. Well, Dylan, it's great to talk to you. I, uh, it's always great to hear your, the passion for the sport that you have, and, and I hope that, uh, that you're able to be training again at the highest possible level very soon so that you can figure out what marathon you're going to do and you get back into the Olympics this year. For sure. Thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, thanks so much, Mark.
Appreciate it. That is Elite Runner Dylan Wikes. And that's it for our show this week. Thank you so much for joining us once again. It's always great to chat running with you, and we'll do it again in seven days from now. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 